Welcome to Chicago West Sunday Sermons, where we encourage with the gospel of Jesus Christ, equip within Christ-centered community, and engage with good works. Well, hey, um, as we continue in our worship service, um, our pastor John uh, is on sabbatical in this uh, season time of rest and renewal, so very grateful for that. It's uh, moving on through. Um, he's going to be done by the end of October. And so we can't wait to have him back here with us. But this morning, we have a good dear friend and brother uh, bringing the word for us this morning, Roy Patterson. So come on up, Roy. And as I, I was thinking about introducing Roy um, and uh, what he, he does at Moody and what he does throughout the city, the list was just too long. Oh, wow. It was just too long to mention all the things that you have, have been doing. But one of the things I know here at Chicago West, you brought the word for us about five years ago. Yep, that's right. When we were meeting at Michelle Clark, and I'm uh, very grateful for that. And about two years ago, you led our worship team yep. uh, right here right. Uh, in our service. And uh, so... God has been using you so greatly here in our city in so you, many ways and uh, excited for what the Lord has for you for our body at this time. Amen. Amen. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here. Well, hey, All let right. me just pray over you please, as we please. get started. Lord, I just uh, thank you for this time this morning. Yes. Lord, we just pause in this moment, Lord. We are asking for your spirit to move with power. Lord, would you just fill our brother up with your grace? Would you fill our brother up with truth? And just give him a humble boldness to declare your word for us. Lord, for us, Lord, we would just ask right now, would you give us an anticipation of what it is that we need to receive, Lord, from you? Open our eyes to see. Lord, block out the distractions that can so easily come right now or in a few minutes from now. Lord, help us to focus, to receive everything that we yes, have yes. that you want to give us. We thank you that we can pray this all in Jesus Christ's name, the name that we love together. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Oh, it's so good to be here. You guys hear me okay? All right. Wonderful. It's a thrill to be back here at this wonderful church and under your great leadership. Pastor John is a dear friend and praying that he and his wife are having a wonderful time of refreshing and renewal. Uh, thank God for Brother Kent. Will you help me show Kent some love, everybody? <laughs> dear, dear brother, um, and I appreciate him giving me a call and giving me this opportunity. I've known Mark Wright for I don't know how long, but he is one of the best musicians this side of heaven. Wouldn't you agree? He's amazing. Mark Wright? Amen. I thank God for him. And, um, you know, he's a Moody graduate. And so uh, we used to hang out a little bit. So grateful. Just, just grateful. Praise team, thank you so much for your ministry today. You blessed us. And um, just want to just praise God for this opportunity to be with you. Uh, why don't we look at the word of God? Uh, I'm reading out of the ESV this morning. Esther chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. In the ESV, it says, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more 
than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Dear God, thank you so much for allowing us to be together. Thank you for the privilege of worshiping you in spirit and in truth. We give you glory and we give you honor. There's nobody like you. You're so great, you're so mighty, you're so mindful of us. Have your way. Send your word and power and authority. Give me clarity of thought and precision of speech. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, you know, our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, and he reigns from heaven above. Amen. I'm glad you know that. Amen. So I just want to lift that up just a little bit, just for a moment. And I'm glad to see all my friends that are here today. And uh, now all of y'all are my friends. So uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a room full of friends. Amen. It's just good to be here. Sometimes you just need to look around and thank God for where he's brought you from. And what he's brought you to. And I'm grateful for it. All right, I just want to lift him up for a second, then we'll dive into this word. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with some power and love. Our God is an awesome God. Anybody know that our God is an awesome God? He reigns from heaven above, from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Sing along with me today. From heaven above. With wisdom. Let's just go up one more time. Our God is an awesome He's an awesome God. He reigns from heaven with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome. Can I go one more time? Our God is an 
God, he reigns from heaven. follow me. His and basically play the same thing. I want you to repeat after me. You're going to pick it up a little bit. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He is an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He is a mighty God. He is a mighty God. He is an awesome 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 God. Go with me. He is an awesome God. He is an awesome God. Let's keep driving it from heaven up. If we were in Jamaica, anybody ever been to Jamaica? About two people, amen. If we were in Jamaica, they would say, praise God, if you feel him in your hand, praise God, if you know that he's your friend, praise God, if you feel him in your hand, praise God, if you know that he's your friend, uh, lift your hand if you love Jesus, lift your hand if you love Jesus, lift your hand if you love Jesus, booyaka, 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 Praise God, if you feel him in your hand, praise God, if you know that he's a friend, praise God, if you feel him in your hand, say, booyaka, 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 woo! Come on, put those hands together.
let's get out of here. Our God is an awesome. Come on, somebody shout yeah. yeah. Come on, clap your hands and say yeah. yeah. What a mighty God we serve. This is my contention. Ain't no church like Westside Church. Y'all just know how to have church, amen. You really, really do. So it's always an honor to be here. It's a couple of years ago, I was on the West Side. I was preaching at a dear friend's church, Dwayne Davis, New Morning Star. And uh, tremendous time, came outside. And uh, as I'm praising God for what he did, souls he saved, uh, yokes that he broke, lives that he changed, I noticed that my car had been changed. Have you ever had the feeling, I know I parked here, but the car was not there. So I go to the police, and the sergeant at the desk says, well, maybe it wasn't stolen. Maybe it was just repositioned. <laughs> repositioned? I don't know nothing about no repositioning. I just know my car is not there. He said, well, just drive over there. I, I live on the south side. So I said, just drive back to the west side. And and see if you can find it. <laughs> you the police, I got to go find my... So sure enough, my wife said, well, let's go back over there. And so we drove over and we saw all kind of things, all kind of people, all kind of situations. And sure enough, two blocks over, there was my car. <laughs> I jumped out of my wife's car <laughs> as soon as I could, whoop, whoop. Jumped in my car, I jumped in my car and pulled off as fast as I could. Now, that's a whole nother sermon right there. <laughs> the following day, I'm going to Moody Bible Institute, and I decide for whatever reason, I want to walk down the street. It's, again, the day after Father's Day. It's about 75 degrees, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be a hot one. As I'm walking down the street, I'm noticing people caught up in their phones, thinking about their jobs. They're hurrying, trying to get to wherever. As I'm walking leisurely, I see a woman. She's got two big laundry bags, one in each hand, heavy. She's got on a coat, a winter coat, a parka. As I'm walking toward her, something said, you should stop and help her. I ignored that voice. I kept walking. Something said to me again, you should turn around and go help that lady. I ignored that voice. 
I kept walking. Finally, it got to the point where I said, okay. I turned around and I walked past her, maybe 60 feet, and I, I started walking back toward her. She was oblivious that I had done this. And when I got to where she was, as I approached her, I said, Miss, can I help you? She had on earplugs, earphones. She pulled them out, looked at me with her parka on in this hot weather and said, what did you say? I said, can I help you? She looked at me again and she said as clearly as she possibly could, I'll never forget it, what makes you think I need some help? Of course, I wanted to say, baby, it's 75 degrees. You dress for Alaska and we in Chicago. I did not say that, I just paused for a second. She said, I'm sick and tired of people stopping me and telling me that I need some help. Why do you think I need some help? Oh, snap, for real? That's what we're doing? I backed up a minute, I said, you know what? I am so sorry, I was wrong. I should not have stopped you. Will you please forgive me? No, don't walk away. You gonna tell me why you think I need some help. <laughs> Ma'am, I just wanna be considerate. No, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of people doing this to me all the time. And she went in. I'm backing up. Said, ma'am, I really don't want a problem. I'm, I'm just gonna go. No, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I went somewhere anyway. As I walked away, I thought to myself, she didn't know that I really cared about her situation. She didn't know that I had friends who could provide resources concerning housing and, and, and food and, and all kind of resources to help her with her laundry even. She didn't know what I knew. It's summer in Chicago. This woman didn't know her season. I want to talk to you from this point today. Know your season. I want you to look the person next to you in the face, look them eyeball to eyeball, and say, neighbor, neighbor. or you got to say it stronger than that, neighbor, neighbor. know your season. Know season. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you out of the book of Esther. It's an amazing book. It's filled with drama, suspense, humor, villains, heroes. It has romance in it, but it does not mention God. It does contain the power of God and the plan of God, but throughout the book you realize this sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords is invisible. Though it's filled with multiple changes and seasons, those seasons become clear as the story unfolds. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, 1 through 8 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, 
a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. Ephesians 5, 16 says, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. Um, I like what Michael LaBeouf said, waste your money and you're out of money, but waste your time and you've lost part of your life. Uh, Harvey McKay said, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. Someone else said, there's only one thing more precious than our time, and that's who we spend it on. I like that. Steve Jobs said, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. When you think of the book of Esther, you see that it's couched in Persia. Persia was so huge that it was 2 million square feet. 2 million square miles, rather. Now, compare that, if you will, to America, which is about 2,900 square miles. It was a huge kingdom that stretched from Ethiopia to India. It's couched in a kingdom that was lavish, that was powerful, that was, at that time, unstoppable. Ahasuerus was the king, and he said, let's have a party. Party didn't just last a day, a week, or a month. It lasted 180 days to celebrate the wonder, the absolute glory of Persia. It's in the midst of this that the king says, hey, I want to have a a party for seven days after the 180 days for just the people in the capital city of Susa and for uh, for my people, my government officials. It's wonderful. It's glorious. It's amazing. And it kicks off the first season I want to talk about, a season of progress, season of progress. And progress is a funny thing because you would think it's linear, A, B, C, D, E. But sometimes progress is A, H, L, Q, Z. God will do unusual things to get you to unusual places because he's a God that works outside of the box. He's not limited. He's not predictable. He's God, and he's God all by himself. At the end of the seven days or in the midst of the seven days, Ahasuerus says, I'm feeling pretty good right now. This drink is good. This is some of the best alcohol liquor I've ever had. You know what? I want to share something with y'all. What what would you desire, king? What would you like to have happen? I want y'all to bring my wife out here so y'all can observe her beauty. They go get Vashti. And Vashti said, I ain't doing nothing. Go where? Do what? At first when I read the story, I thought, well, she's a disobedient wife. I didn't get any amens. I didn't get any groans. (laughs) Like, Reverend, where you going with this? (laughs) I I thought she was insolent. I thought she was rebellious, all of that. But as I read uh, commentators, they said, no. Actually, she did the right thing. Chuck Swindoll in particular said, imagine uh, Vashti had on a hijab, hijab, and and she was supposed to reveal herself to these folks, come without it on. This was against the law. This was against culture for the queen to display who she was to all these other people. 
Swindoll goes further and says, and I checked out other commentaries, they said, some people believe the king was so drunk and so out of order, he wanted her to come out there with a crown on and nothing else. She had the dignity, she had the, the sense of order so well down in her soul, she says, I can't do that to myself and I won't do that to the kingdom. The answer is no. The men of that place said, no, we got to uh, deal with her. And they came up with a way to discipline her and set it up where nobody could even come to the king's presence unless he extended the golden scepter their way. And Vashti was put out. Now that there is a vacancy for the queen, something amazing happens. I'm talking about progress. Progress that seems so out of order, that seems so crazy. They look for a queen, and wouldn't you know, there's a little Jewish girl there. Her name is Hadassah. And she gets so much favor. She is so beautiful. She is so inviting that she becomes the next queen. Her uncle, cousin, the person raising her says, don't tell anybody that you're a Jew. Just be who you are. Do what you do. But keep that on the low. I'm fascinated with the fact that God will do things in seasons. And if we are out of order in our seasons, we will mess things up. We have to be in line with how God is moving and with what God is saying. Uh, God is taking a situation that was goofy and making it into something wonderful. I want you to hear me as I say this. Because even though you don't understand all of today, God's got something in mind for your tomorrow. All right, uh, let's, 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 let's keep moving. Uh, Esther is favored. She is chosen. And it's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. At one point, Mordecai hears about a plot. There was a guy named Bigtha and somebody else. I love Bigtha's name. I just feel like he could have been a rapper or something like that. And so Bigtha and this other guy decided that they were going to kill the king. When, when, when Mordecai heard this, he told the queen, there's a plot. There's an assassination, a plot coming against the king. You need to let him know. Sure enough, they find out. They kill Bigtha and the other guy. And this is the fascinating thing. Mordecai is not rewarded. He's left out in the cold. The story rolls on but we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, season of progress. I, I want to just say to somebody in this house right now, God's got you. God knows what he's doing. And even though it might feel like you're, you're, you're stuck, that you are stagnant, that you're not going anywhere, it might feel like you're on the Dan Ryan or the Eisenhower and people just flying past you and you feel like, man, why do I seem to have a flat tire in my relationships? Come on, somebody. Why, why does it seem like I got a flat tire when it comes to upward mobility on my job? Why does it seem like everybody else is getting promoted and moving forward? I want to tell you one more time, God's got you. God is not a delinquent dad. God is faithful. He's true. And maybe, just maybe, he's setting you up so you can go further than you could ever go. And he can fulfill dreams that you never thought could come true. Maybe, just maybe, he's setting it up so you will be blessed beyond your wildest dreams. Come on, I need somebody to say, God, have your way. God, do what you want to do. Set it up the way you want to set it up. Because if you don't set it up, because if you don't set it up, 
I'll probably mess it up. Say amen, somebody. Okay, uh, season one, season of, of progress, season two, season of perplexity. A wicked man named Haman comes to power. Haman is smart. No doubt Haman is uh, what you would think an executive needs to be. He becomes a prime minister, second most powerful man in all of Persia. It's incredible. But he's also a killer. He's also murderous. He's also filled with pride. It's amazing who this man is. And because he's such a monster, the Bible focuses on his desire to do the wrong thing, and he does his best to do the wrong thing the right way. His killer instinct becomes so evident to Mordecai that Mordecai, unlike everybody else in the kingdom, will not bow to Haman. It's an order from the king. When you see Haman, everybody must bow. Mordecai won't do it. Mordecai's got a made-up mind. I'm not going to let this monster uh, have my affections, have my uh, praise or my worship. Maybe it was because uh, he, uh, Mordecai had read, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Maybe it was because he knew where God had brought him from. Maybe he knew the uh, steps that God had ordered in his life and the ways that he made. And he said, I will not bow down to this evil man. As a result of that, Haman decided, I've got to kill Mordecai. Not only should I kill Mordecai, but I should kill all of his people. Really? You're going to kill all the Jews in Persia? I'm killing all of them. Goes to the king and says, I'll give you basically 10,000 talents, and, and uh, I want these people dead. You don't mind, do you? They're, they're worthless. They're nothing, and they're just a little hindrance. They're inconvenient. King doesn't know better. He's like, okay, whatever. Just, just kill them. That's fine. The Bible says that the king and Mordecai sat down to drink while all of Susa and I believe all of Persia were perplexed. I want you to get this. When you became a Christian, somebody might have said to you, you have no more problems. You will have no more difficulties. Everything will go your way. Somebody might have said to you, you will get a Cadillac. You will always be able to eat at your favorite restaurant, whatever that might be. When you become a Christian, everybody will like you. Everybody will love you. How many of you know that's a lie? Reality is all that live godly shall suffer persecution. Everybody that's decided to go the right way, you got to realize that your life is not just a playground. It is a battleground. That's what A.W. Tozer said. you got to realize that the road will get rough, the going will get tough, the hills will come hard to climb. you got to have a made-up mind. I'm going to live the way God would have me to live. I want to go where God would have me to go. I want to do what the Lord would have me to do. There will be some perplexing days. Do I have anybody in here that's a witness? Uh, you thought when you met a certain friend, uh, all of your uh, fun would just erupt and all of the hard days would just be behind you. But you found out that wasn't true. You dreamed that when I get certain job, everything would be fine and everybody would celebrate me. But there were haters all around. Uh, There's some people who said, once I get married, I'll never be lonely again. Don't look around, just look at me. (laughs) 
I want to tell you that there is a devil that is actually real and he has a plan and a purpose for your life to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You will have some perplexing moments. You will have some difficult days. But how many of you know the weapon might be formed? But it won't prosper. Every now and then, God will allow you to go up the rough side of the mountain so he can make you stronger, wiser, and better. You can sing along with Marvin Sapp, never would have made it without you. You will go through some times that are difficult, but I'm here to let you know that God is still on the throne. I know Ahasuerus and Haman, they're, they're, they're sitting in the capital. The king is on the throne, but there's a king above that king. There's a Lord above that Lord. There is a problem solver above every problem that you have. Uh, the old folks put it like this. You can't hurry God. Oh, no, you just have to wait. You got to trust him and give him time no matter how long it takes. He's a God that you can't hurry. He'll be there. You don't have to worry. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Come on, somebody give God a praise in here. It's a season of perplexity, difficulty. Maybe just maybe you're in that spot. Don't look around, look up. Trust that God is doing what only he can do. Let me give you my third and final point. If I preached 15 minutes, will you all be mad if I let you go in 15 minutes? No, y'all be excited about that? Amen. All right, the first point was a season of what? Second one. And we're going to go through these. We really, really are. Then, then let's do the last one. A uh, season of prayer and provision. Prayer and provision. The Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Isn't that what the Bible says? Uh, the Bible talks about the whole armor of God and, and having that, that breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, all these wonderful things, and talks about praying in the spirit. It's part of what helps you to progress and to make it through those times of perplexities. Andre Crowd said, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. Uh, how many of you pray better when you've got problems? I pray so much better. Amen. I am so much more anointed. <laughs> Ooh, the glory of the Lord is on me when I'm perplexed. Amen. Okay, so this is what, what Mordecai did. Mordecai heard about, about this edict that went out to kill all the Jews, went out through all of, uh, of Persia. Uh, Mordecai's upset, but he refused to just be paralyzed. He goes to the queen, gets the word to the queen, and just like, hey, I got on sackcloth and ashes. I'm upset. It's horrible. That crazy man, Haman, is trying to kill all of us, and I need you to go to your husband and tell him what's up. And she says, check this out, I would go to him, but I haven't seen him in 30 days, and, and you know how it is. You know how I got this position. You know the season that we were in of progress where Vashti was put out, and I was put in. You remember that, right? And if I go to him and he doesn't extend the golden scepter, he's going to kill me. Everybody knows that, Mordecai. I wish I could help you, but I can't. Okay, I can't. Wow, really? Mordecai says to the servant, well, you go back and tell her that God will preserve his people 
He'll let her and her family die, but he will preserve the people. He'll just use somebody else. But maybe, just maybe, you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this, a season like this. She easily could have said, you go back and tell Mordecai, I've been queen long enough to know when people disrespect me. And I don't care if you are my uncle. I don't care if you raised me. You don't speak to me like that. You don't tell me what to do. I'm running this. And the next time I see you, I'm going to have your head cut off. How you like me now? That could have been her attitude. Instead, her attitude was go back to Mordecai and tell him to tell the people to fast and to pray three days and three nights and, 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 and know that I will go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. I, 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 I want you to see the wonder of this thing. She becomes a woman of prayer. Seeking God, trusting God, believing God, even if it kills her. I love that. I really, I really, really do. And so she prays, she fasts, the people pray, they fast. She enters the court where the king is at, and sure enough, he extends his golden scepter and says, Oh, queen, what do you want? Girl, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. What do you want? Here's her response. I want you and Haman to come to a party. That's all I want. Are you sure? You know we're coming, right? We already had a party for you when you became queen. That was, that was Esther's party. So we can do another party. It's no problem. But you only want us? Yep, that's all I want. Haman gets the word. He's excited. They show up at the party. They have food. They drink. And after it's over, the king says, well, what do you want? I just want you all to come back tomorrow, and I'll tell you what I want. King's like, really? Yes. Just come back tomorrow. I want you to hear me. In the meantime, in between time, something had to happen. We're talking about times and seasons, times and seasons, times and seasons. In the meantime, in between time, Haman goes home and he says, I just saw Mordecai. He didn't bow to me. What do you guys think? We think you should erect a pole that's about 70 foot tall and then hang him from it. That's exactly what I'll do. In the meantime, in between time, Haman goes to the palace to tell the king what he's about to do. In the meantime, in between time, before Haman even gets there, the king can't sleep. He's got insomnia. Thank God for insomnia in a case like this. Amen. And he says, bring me the book that has the history of the kingdom in it. What have I missed? What's going on? And they read the part where Mordecai had foiled the plot to kill the king. The king says, huh, did we do anything for him? In the meantime, in between time, he said, well, I think we ought to do something for him. Is there anybody in here, anybody around here that can figure out what we should do for him? They said, well, you know, Haman just came in. He wants to see you. Send him in here. King says, what shall we do for the man that the king favors? In the meantime, in between time, what should we do? And Haman, being Haman, full of pride, <laughs> full of himself, said, well, I think we should let him wear the king's robe and he should be paraded around town on the king's horse 
and the king's crown should be put on his head. In the meantime, in between time, the king says, you know what, that's a great idea. Go out and get Mordecai and do those things to him and you be the one that lead him around town. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In the meantime, in between time, Haman goes back home and says, I can't believe what I just had to do for the person that I hate. Have y'all heard this phrase before? Uh, Grandma used to say this, if you dig one ditch, you might as well dig two. Yeah, the first one might be for me, but the second one is for you. It's amazing how God will work out things in his own way, in his own time. You can look at your Timex, you can look at your Apple Watch, you can look at all these other things and realize eternity has a plan that goes beyond your plans. God's got a will that goes beyond your will. The next night they show up at Esther's house, the king and Haman. They eat and they drink again. King says, okay, Esther, girl, baby, boo, what's up? What you want? I'll give you up to half the kingdom. Esther, <laughs> Esther says, I just want to live. And I want my people to live. There's a plot to kill me and my people. The king says, what? What fool would do that? To my wife, who is it? <laughs> Esther looks over at Haman and says, him. He's the one that did it. The king's mind is blown. He walks out the room. He's so upset. In the meantime, in between time, the queen lounges. The Bible's not very explicit about it, but I, I'm going to tell you why I think this. She, she lays down on the couch relaxing, chilling. Haman is so upset, like, I can't believe I'm about to lose my life. He runs over to the couch and says, queen. And by the time he starts to utter what he wants to say, the king walks back in. And when the king walks back in, he says, will you molest my wife in my house? Is that what you're doing? The servants grab Haman and take him out and say to the king, listen, he just erected a 70-foot pole for Mordecai. Without even thinking about it, the king says, hang him on it. <laughs> I want you to hear something for those of you who are in the meantime, in between time. You might think that God has forgotten all your works. God has forgotten all your activities. God has forgotten all your efforts. But there is a time and a season that God has in mind, and he knows what he wants to do, and he knows when he wants to do it. There is a fullness of time for your life. I, I want to encourage you today because God is the God of Provision. I'll end with this. The, the edict had already been signed to kill all the Jews. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be reversed. It's irreversible. It can't be reversed. And so they say, well, what should we do? This is what I want to end with. Mordecai says, well, we can't reverse it 
but we can equip the people to fight all the folks that were going to try to annihilate them. And so they equip all the Jews, and they say, listen, you can fight back. Don't, don't take their stuff, but you can fight back. I want to say to somebody here, just before I take my seat, that even though your Christian life does have joy, and it does have power, and it does have grace, every now and then you will have to fight the good fight of faith. Do I have anybody in here that's fighting a good fight of faith? I said, do I have anybody in here that's going through a time of trouble, a time of tribulation, a, a time of heartache and pain? Do I have anybody in here that knows what it's like to cry when you really want to smile? And, and it seems like everybody is being blessed and the devil is saying you curse. Do I have anybody in here that knows what it is to, to have a little and you want to have a whole lot? Do I have anybody in here that wonders what God is doing? I want to tell you, stop trying to figure out the ways of God and just look at the heart of God and know that God's got you. I want to encourage you today to realize you got more than you think you have. You got more than you think you have. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Isn't that what the Bible says? Then the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Isn't that the Bible, somebody? Uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Isn't that what the Bible says? Then the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Bible says that we've got a sword of the spirit. And because we've got the sword of the spirit, we can fight this good fight of faith. I want you to use this weapon that you've got in your hand. Second thing, I want you to hold on to the shield of faith. All the fiery darts of the enemy that come to hurt you and to harm you and to pull you down. Pull out the shield of faith and trust God. The Jews didn't lose, they won. They were greater because God let the victory come through the trial and the tribulation. Maybe, just maybe, you're here. And if you stand with me, everyone, please. Maybe just please stand with me. Please stand with me. Please stand with me. Maybe you're here and you know what it is to look like everything is okay. In reality, it's difficult. I want you to know your season. I want you to know your season by first looking up, and that's praying. God, have your way. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Come on, will you pray that with me? Lord, have your way. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. In the name of Jesus. Then I want you to look around. I'm talking about knowing your season. Um, we're in the fall, and so it, it feels like it, doesn't it? it? It feels like it's a nice fall day. There'll be some more hot days that will come. You need to know your season, and you can do it with, with just looking around. Thirdly, look within. For some of you, God has already given you a word. And you need to go off of that word. You don't, you don't need to get another word and another word and another word and another word. You've already got a word. God is going to take you from point A to point B or to point G or to point L. Wherever it is, he's going to get you there. And you hold on to the promises of God. Would you bow with me just a word of prayer? Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. I hear your words say right now, for I know the plans that I have for you. 
Hallelujah. Not plans of evil, but plans for good. And God, even though we might feel like we're perplexed, we're perplexed. It might seem like the Haman in our life has the upper hand. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will rest in who you are. We will lean on you. I hear your word saying right now, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I want to thank you for victory. I want to thank you for hope. And I want to thank you in every season you love us. In every season you're for us. In every season you're God and your ways are totally right. Have your way in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for listening to Chicago West Sunday Service. Join us next week.